We are back, Business Done Differently, the final episode of season one, and we're going full circle. Business Done Differently started with Emily and I, my amazing wife, talking about our story and some of the things that we've learned in business. And now after over 50 episodes, 50 guests, we're gonna talk about some of the best lessons and episodes that really stood out. So I'm glad to have you back here talking, having some fun. Yeah, it's been awesome to watch your journey on this first season of Business Done Differently. And I've seen all of the amazing lessons that have come out of this just from hearing tidbits from you and then listening to the podcast. So I'm really excited to just kind of get an overview from you and I think that'll help somebody who might not have heard every episode they might want to go back and be intrigued by some things that you remember Mm. 100% and I went into this podcast journey without really knowing exactly what I wanted out and I think that's one of the concepts that we believe in so not only just you and me but our teams it's it's do and then learn and it's okay to jump in and see what happens and I think we jumped in about a year ago early September started recording episodes and a lot of lessons came forward and I think one of the best ones was the power of investing in yourself and Benjamin Hardy talks about that in an episode halfway through the season about how when he was in college he invested all the money he had to start learning how to write and be a better writer and write headlines and he became the number one writer on Medium which helped jumpstart himself into becoming a very well-known successful author and even after that he used his whole book advance to invest in himself and mastermind groups and how to be a better writer and that really hit home with me and he was really young too right yeah I think the early 20s yeah that's not just something that you can do if you've already been through the business ringer for a couple of decades he (laughs) went all in on himself before most kids are ready to go all in on themselves and if I were to go back when I was younger I would have done more you know I think you know really we're just trying to learn the business but I would have started investing in people and investing uh, ideas and I think you know what we did here is the time that went invested into this podcast was unbelievable so anyone who thinks about doing a podcast you gotta understand it's a lot of time but also resources you know we've had great producers that have put on the show huge investment in time and money you know I think the big thing that goes into all this it's also investing in relationships yeah and a lot of the guests talked really well about it. And I think one was Aaron Walker mm-hmm. and Big A, who I'm a part of his mastermind group, ISI, Iron Sharpens Iron. And I invested in that mastermind. But what a great lesson, and listen to him, he talked about how he just calls people just to call. Yeah. And how many times do you get phone calls when people need something or a favor? Yeah, I loved his lesson of when somebody sees your name pop up on their screen. You know, we all have it. It's that instinct of either super excited or like, oh, what could they want? Or do I owe them something? And he really taught that lesson of making sure that you're the kind of person where when your name pops up, people just get excited. It's never a negative thought. And that was interesting because we all instinctively do it. Mm. And often like, we don't want to answer the phone yeah. when someone calls because we're like, oh, why are they calling? Right, or this is going to take forever, or I don't have time for this, or what do they want? You know, like I said, it's, it's a busy world. We all instinctively do it. Mm. So to train ourselves to become that kind of person where anyone is excited to talk to us or they want to answer the phone and not just text us back, that's a powerful thing. Mm, 100%. And I think going into, you know, the power of relationships, the power of human connection. You know, I I told you, I remember before this, I was like, I want to start surrounding myself with people that are smarter and better than me. And I've been very fortunate with our team here, but a lot of them are younger. You know, they're starting out 22, 23 years old. And I said, how can I surround myself with some people that are very successful? And that's what this did. Now, looking back, the relationships that I've gained with some of these people, you know, we text, we talk all the time. 
it's really stepped up my ability to see there's so much more out there. Yeah, I think people usually use the excuse of, oh, I don't know anybody in this city or, you know, geographically I'm not near a lot, but you have proven, you know, very few of these were done in person. Mm -hmm. Most of them were done through technology, which as we know is at its height right now. I mean, there's so many ways to communicate with people on the other side of the world. And so I think the podcasting or Skyping and talking to people, it just shows the example of how quickly you can connect with people Mm -hmm. who can bring you up. And your circle does not have to be in an immediate circle. It does not have to be around the same table. People can bring you up when they're on the other side of the world. And, and I think a great lesson there, too, is to to know the people that you're talking to. I mean, so many people get on podcasts and they haven't done any research and they mm-hmm. don't know anything. And, you know, two guests stand out here, uh, Neen James and Attention Pays. And she talks about listen with your eyes and pay attention to people. And she told a great story in her episode about, you know, how she found out this person uh, that she was trying to get a job with loved peanut butter and jelly and literally had so much peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for them and everything's up in their office when they showed up and just paying attention. And same thing with Chef hiking and a lot of these guests that actually knew a lot about me before even going into the show and you know that's what we try to do and uh, another great lesson from Aaron was about the power of using video and I've seen that so much this past year just doing a quick selfie video and sending a thank you and it's something I take pride in myself these guests share their time with me you know sending a thank you letter or just a quick thank you video you know I wish everyone would do that because it's the human touch it's not just a regular email yeah Joey Coleman mentioned that too but other than those guys I'd never heard that before so that is a unique thing that people can start doing. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, you know, you've listened to all the episodes. Before I go into some of the ones that really stood up, stood up for me, what are some episodes that stood up for you where you're like, wow, this really resonates with me? There are so many different lessons. And although all of these guests were professionals, a lot of them spoke on different topics. For me, I am most drawn to the ideas of service or taking care of people, you know, becoming a mom, I think has just made that an even Mm -hmm. stronger thought for me. So people like um, John Rulin with gifts and giftology, I've I've become more emotional, I think, recently in the last few years. And and so stuff like that sticks out to me more so than the business side, I guess. Um, I loved John's. Um, well, we talk, I want to talk about John's a little bit because okay. I think John's doing something dramatically different. And that's the, the whole goal of this Business Done Differently podcast to find out what are people doing different to stand out. Yeah. And, you know, when I heard about John, he puts 5% of his profits into his customers and then 5 or 10% into his employees. Mm-hmm. You know, no one thinks like that. They think, all right, I'll do something for my employees. But I'm actually putting in my budget that I'm going to give back. And John is obviously the, the author of Giftology. And if you haven't heard the episode, you know, his whole concept is how to deliver amazing gifts for everyone he works with. And he now teaches that all around the world. Yeah, it's something that we can all get better at. You know, you obviously teach the lesson, you know, love your customers more than your product, but love your employees more than your customers. And so we, we live by that mantra a little bit, but I think he does take it a step further with actually investing, actually setting aside certain budgets for taking care of those people. And it's just the same, the same message that we hear more and more as we get older, that you need to surround yourself with the people who matter. And at the end of your life, that's what's going to matter to you and, and things like that. So just hearing his message hit home and it was like, why wait until later in life to, to retire, to use that money, to um, spend the money on vacations with your your important family and friends. It's like we're learning to do that stuff now mm-hmm. because that's what matters. You know, one thing from John I thought was, I mean, he actually pays for house cleaning yeah. for his employees. It's not just thinking about the gift cards. And again, what are the normal things you do? He, he's like, you know what? If they come home and their house is professionally clean, that makes a difference. And is it is it expensive? Yeah, it adds up. 
but you know, how do you make people's lives better at home, not just at the office? Yeah, his whole message was not doing the blanket gift, not mm -hmm. doing the generic thing that you can order offline. He actually gets to know people and keeps notes on that and gives them something that's actually going to be meaningful to them. And so I think we have tried to get better mm -hmm. since, since discussing with John and reading his books on how we can make a bigger impact with our gifts. Gifts are nice regardless, but if somebody actually thinks about something for you and you receive it, it means so much more. 100%. Now we had obviously a lot of prolific authors uh, like John Rowland with Giftology, but also some some practitioners who actually haven't act written any books. Yeah. And you know, a few of those had some of the most downloaded episodes. And and one, Chris Dalzell yes. from right out here in Bluffton, North Carolina, uh, Bluffton, Georgia, yeah. or South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. I'm getting there. But it's right near We're us. Right on the border. Yeah, it's right near us. And uh, I don't think he'd ever been on a podcast before. And he came to me. He was really? all, yeah, he was all like excited and, and a little anxious. And his story is fascinating. And for the people who haven't listened to it, he owns a uh, home building company, Shoreline Construction. Mm -hmm. And he heard us talk about the fans' first way and creating the best possible experience for the customers. And he actually implemented it better than we could have ever imagined. And just to share a little bit, because both this resonated with us. I remember when I heard this from Chris, I came in and shared with the whole staff and they were all fired up. Yeah. So from what I remember, he was a home builder. And instead of just the normal sign a contract and build the house, they took each step and made it a celebration. Mm. Right. And yeah, it's they map they map the perfect journey, yeah. and, and we challenge every company. You know, and that's part of thinking differently with business. It's not just about the sale; it's what you do from the first time they interact with you to the last time. And the great lesson from Shep Hyken: the last impression leaves a lasting impression. And you know, Chris's journey for the customer is hilarious. I mean, so they buy they're buying expensive homes. I mean, right. these aren't cheap homes in Bluffton, South well, Carolina. Well, they're being custom built. They're not just buying a home. Yes. So when they buy a home, instead of just signing a contract and paying and waiting for the home to be done, he starts the process with an amazing, hilarious, almost like rap video mm -hmm. that he sends to them where the whole staff's having fun with this big pen signing a contract in crazy outfits. They're making money fly. There's crazy music on the background because they're setting the tone that this is going to be a fun process. And then soon as that goes out, they get a gift. The person that's buying the house gets an iPad, a Yeti cooler, these shirts, and they get a little survey with what their favorites are, mm -hmm. which I think is brilliant that not many companies ask the questions of what their customers' favorites are. So they knew their favorite snacks, their favorite candy, their favorite drinks. Again, back to that personalized gift, it means so much more. Yeah, 100%. And then so throughout the process, while they're building the home, they're bringing these snacks to them, they're making it a great experience, but then they're also using drone footage to show as they're laying the cement and they're laying the concrete, just to show the progress of the home being built because if you're spending this money building a home how's it going you yeah. want to know just not hope for it to be right. making progress and then the fascinating story which Chris shares and uh, you know is about he found out that it was two of his clients that were getting a home it was their anniversary and, yes okay I remember and, this yeah, and they were coming into town and he wanted to make it special so he picked them up with a limo mm -hmm. from the airport and went to their not even yet built home right. it was just framed framed out right? framed yeah. out and they had a private table set up with their favorite meal candlelight and had their anniversary dinner in their soon to be new home yeah talk about a memory and another side side note on this is that I remembered that story from that episode which I mean I hadn't listened to that in forever so I think that just goes to show the power of stories mm -hmm. you know he told this amazing story about this couple who 
I'm picturing them eating dinner in their framed out dining room, you know, of a, a, the shell of a house. And I can picture that. And now I remember that about his business and and his people putting that thought in. And so I think that proves how important storytelling oh, is, great. whether you're doing a podcast or you're giving a speech. Uh, I think that that's uh, something that'll resonate with people. No, I think that's a great point because we always talk about who we want to be, what we stand for, but it's the stories that people remember. Mm -hmm. And right now we could tell that story vividly like we've been. Right. And I think how many companies are sharing stories? You know, we talk about core beliefs, core values, but what if every company has a storyboard that they're constantly sharing? And you and me both know the stories that we've been fortunate to create here at our stadiums with fans first, I mean, those hit home with people. And that's what people come back and comment on much later. I mean, nobody's going to memorize somebody else's mission statement yeah. or you know core beliefs, like you mm -hmm. said, but they will remember your stories if they were meaningful. And I think the meaningful story can still include your mission statement or, mm -hmm. or how your staff acts. You know, they can include those things just without it being a list or a paragraph. 100%. I, I want to go into that in a second because I think stories are very powerful. And if we can get one thing of this final uh, episode of season one, it's what stories are your business, as your business telling? What stories are you telling in your life? Because that makes an impact. But finishing out the Chris Dalzell story, so they had an amazing anniversary dinner. And then when they finish buying the home, they have a red carpet, they have a champagne toast. And then even after they buy the house, they continue to get gifts of their favorite coffee and their favorite snacks. That is building an unbelievable relationship with the customer. Mm -hmm. And their marketing, they don't have to do as much anymore yep. because it's all in this word of mouth. And uh, Chris hit a home run uh, with the podcast and what he's doing with his company. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great listen to see how you can actually be a practitioner and implement some of these ideas. Yeah, they truly look at business differently, <laughs> the name of the podcast. And I think that that proves that any industry can be looked at like that. It's easy for people to say, I'm an insurance agent, I'm a home builder, there's nothing sexy about that this is a boring industry no he proved that you can take the boring write a contract and lay the cement down and turn it into an epic uh, memory for a family. Mm. Oh, I, I want to go back to stories because I think uh, that is something that's such a huge point. And you, you told me you got emotional with a recent story from John Vroman in the front row yeah, factor. Front row factor. Yeah. yeah. And again, you only heard it heard it uh, once, but you know, could you from that just hearing it once recap a little bit of that story? I remember it a little bit as well. Yeah. So again, I guess it's the story that's impactful. You know, I couldn't tell you how many people he has on staff or where they're based out of or anything else that I'm sure he mentioned in, in his podcast. But I remember that the whole theme of Front Row Factor is to make people feel like they're living an exciting life on the front row when something, unfortunately, is probably not going great. They're terminally ill or, or something. And so there was this little girl who was obsessed with Kelly Clarkson, I think. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and they just created this amazing night for her. They picked her up again in a limo, I think, and they took her to the concert and somebody pulled strings and knew somebody who got her backstage. And, and this whole organization just works constantly to create those types of memories. And I started bawling while I was listening to it because of course, you know, a few weeks later, the, the little girl passed away, but her mom told this organization that that was one of her happiest days of her life, this little girl. And how can that not just hit you? And so the whole point of this this front row factor organization is that they do that over and over again for people. And so that one really hit home for me because that was definitely looking at life differently and treating people differently and doing something special. It was, it was, that was a really good one. And I think she actually had the VIP credentials. Yes, she, oh gosh. She buried um, her daughter with the VIP credentials, I think. Yeah, and that's what she was wearing because that moment, that one story meant so much. 
And that has built the foundation of an unbelievably successful company, that one story, because that's who they are, that's what they stand for. So very emotional story, and, and we have some that's happened at the stadium that we've shared, and I'm sure you could find those about some of those very tragic moments that have happened for people's families coming out here to celebrate the life of someone. And, you know, again, that that's what, what really matters. And business done differently, it's not about the money, it's about the impact and the difference you can make on people's lives. And I think that was one of the goals of this show was to be able to talk to people that have really made a difference. You know, both you and me are, are young and are in our early 30s, and we're still trying to figure it all out here with a crazy baseball team. But seeing these people that have really made some impact, it, it was impressive to go into. So I think that, you know, coming off of that, these moments that we've heard about, and I remember one of the segments that you did with most of your guests, I think, was called Magic Moment. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, um, I think the question is how has a certain moment in your life impacted you or what's a magic moment that stands out for you? Mm. You know, I asked this question to most of the guests and it was very interesting. I want to see what they thought a magic moment in their life was. And it was resounding that between all of them, I would say 90% it was involving either their child or marrying their wife, the, the birth of their child or the wife. And that's it, cool because most of them were what CEOs, authors, I mean, very professional business people. Uh, unbelievably successful business people who've been honored, you know, on top of the world doing unbelievable business things. And it's the time they proposed to their wife or when they got married or the birth of their child. And when I started interviewing, I, I could see it. I understood it. You know, I remember, you know, when we proposed in, in a sold out crowd and then our, our wedding in the pouring rain in yeah. Gastonia, I mean, special moments. Um, but then, you know, with the birth of our, our son, Maverick, you know, I get it. There, there will never be a moment like that in my life. And that's really when it gets down to what matters most, it's, it's, it's people, it's the family. And you know, as many of you know, we had um, a very scary situation with the birth of our son. And um, you know, we were told the heart rate was falling and, and we had 10 minutes for the baby to get out or uh, may not make it. And I just remember as they rushed you <laughs> with six doctors and nurses to the emergency room, uh, the operating room, and they throw scrubs on me and I'm sprinting. And as soon as I get there, they're pulling the baby out and I hear the baby crying. And it was a moment I'll never forget. And just lucky. And, and when you think about all the things that happen in your life and all the things that are challenging, it doesn't matter compared to those moments. Right. And so that was, that was special. And if you ask me a, a magic moment, it's the thought of potentially losing our soon to be baby, which we didn't know if it was a boy or girl yeah. at that point. Yeah. We had no idea, it was a surprise and then seeing it just alive and crying but happy and it was it was really really special so that's awesome. that's my magic good, moment good answer well, <laughs> so and i think that's that's really important for people to think of you know in, in business and what they're doing think about the moments that they have can they create obviously you can never create something like that right but can you create moments that people will never forget that they'll go home and talk about for years and that's what we try to do with fans first and a lot of these amazing guests if you listen to them they have those similar moments that they're trying to create or they've had in their life so that's pretty special Awesome. Um, let's let's keep going with that theme. I'm trying to think of other questions that you asked guests, and of course now I'm all emotional, <laughs> sad, thinking about Maverick being born. How about now? That's what I call service. That was a fun game where oh. you asked people what was an amazing 
experience um, mm. in the service world mm. that you had. Do you, does anything stick out to you? You know, I, I was fascinated by this question because I think service is, is everything. And I think it's lacking tremendously in our society right now. And you can go to certain restaurants or other places and they act like they just don't care. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate, which was interesting. If you go back and listen to the episodes, you can see most of the guests they were stumped on this question. Nothing came to mind right away. That's and I sad. was like, wow, you know, that, that means they've been getting either the expectations have risen so much, which is true, yeah. or they're just not getting great service. Mediocre service it, everywhere. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think about a few things uh, from our service standpoint that, that I've had and I experienced. First of all, the story John Rulin told about uh, trying to meet Cameron Harold and, and who's got a future guest on this show. But he talked about meeting him and uh, how he was a mentor and he was looking up to him and he wanted to surprise him. <clears throat> And he wanted to take him out to a, a game, a Cleveland Cavs game to watch LeBron. And Cameron was like, okay, this sounds okay, but I'm not too excited. And then he found out that his favorite clothes was the Brooks Brothers. And he wanted, and he really loved that because he wanted to get him a shirt. But instead, he convinced, John convinced his partner to buy every single thing in the Brooks Brothers fall collection. And when Cameron arrived in town to have it set up like a store, in his hotel room, and not, and every single thing was his. Right, yeah. And John shared how he spent over $7,000 yeah. on these outfits. It's crazy. And you think about, I mean, Cameron must have walked in and said, this is unbelievable. He yeah. might have been a little like, who is this guy? What right. does he think he's doing? Right. But it was that service, and it sounds from it that John's really developed an unbelievable relationship. And it's not about what the return is, but he said the return has been tenfold. The amount of speaking appearances, his first big paid speaking appearance in the business, you know, it's come to that. And John wasn't really thinking about that. He was thinking about how to make a great impression. Right. And you talk about service, that, that certainly stands out. Um, and then I, I want to go to another one, in which is a good segue into an amazing guest. The Magic Castle Hotel. Mm. Now, do you remember when I called you that first day? So I, I flew yeah, to LA you, a few months ago. Yeah, you went out there and I didn't go with you. So you called me as soon as you got there and were kind of paint the picture for me of this place. It's called the Magic Castle, which is an interesting hotel name to begin with. Yes, and, and, I, and I had heard of the, the hotel from the book, The Power of Moments by right. Dan and Chip Heath. And it talked about these really cool experiences. So when I was going to LA and Hollywood, I said, might as well stay there. But I remember pulling in and seeing this older apartment looking building, yes. but it was bright yellow, which I loved, of course. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this isn't the nicest hotel in the world. Why is this the number two rated hotel in all of LA and Hollywood? And then as soon as I walked in, I felt it. Yeah. And it was that service. You know, they offered me a drink right away. They said, all right, here is all our free snacks. Here's our soda bar. Here's our free ice cream ice bar. Ice cream bar, and, yeah. And, and then I took a picture. They handed me this DVD menu, which was ridiculous. It was like hundreds of DVDs. I'm like, DVDs still exist? And they're like, you have a DVD player in your room, and any DVD you want is on us. I was like, this is hilarious. It's a weird flashback, but I loved it. And it just kept going. So I showed up my room. My room was an average room. But as I walked out, this gentleman walked down and said, Jesse Cole, welcome. And I was like, how do you know me? He goes, I'm Darren Ross, you know, I'm the CEO here. And I saw your kind words you put on social media and we're so glad to have you. And I was blown away. I spent a couple hours with him. That was probably the most rewarding part of my trip was spending it with them. It yeah. wasn't for the intended reason I was going there. Right. And so we talked to Darren for a while. We built a great relationship, invited him on the show. And that episode was unbelievable because he's a guy that's doing it every single day. And a few great lessons from him was, listen carefully 
and respond creatively. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's what he does. They, they, that's what they do. And some great stories yep. from there that, that were shared and you know, I, I, things that he does. I mean, he does laundry for all of his guests whenever they want for free, right. delivers it that day. I mean, the Popsicle Hotline, which if you haven't heard is brilliant. <laughs> If yeah, that, that happens poolside, right? You can just, there's a, a telephone yes. next to the lounge chairs and you can just push zero and order a popsicle. It, yeah, it's a red telephone. You answer it and then a popsicle comes out served with a person <laughs> with gloves and a silver platter to you. That's awesome. They actually had shirts selling popsicle hotline. I mean, they've made it such a big piece sure. of who they are. But again, it goes to the story. And a great lesson, I know we're being redundant here. And if you can get one thing from this, this episode, it's the power of stories. He said, we don't incentivize sales. We incentivize stories. And he said, one month we will do a whole challenge that we want everyone to come up with five stories a week that they're giving back to the customer and the best story gets a free cruise for them and their spouse. And the stories that they created was amazing. He goes, I want to get the story. And you know, he talked about how they, one of the uh, receptionists heard that the, the couple there was going to see Marilyn Monroe's gravesite, and they were big Marilyn Monroe fans. So they went to the gravesite. Immediately they left. The receptionist went out, got a huge Marilyn Monroe poster, put it on the back of their bathroom wall, and had a note from Marilyn saying, "Hey, so th uh, so glad you could see my come see me today. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. And again, that story resonated. Those people give it five stars because that was something special. Absolutely. It's the same theme as what Chris did with the home building. I mean, this guy's running a hotel, which is like a million other places, and their staff has the same opportunity as any other staff to just have a conversation with people and mm. not eavesdrop, but just be in a conversation with them and listen to why are they in town? What are they going to do? And so many times he was talking about things that they would go leave in the room after the guests went to go do something. And it's so easy. Anybody at the front desk can have a conversation with somebody and then take action mm. to give a personalized gift or thoughtful note about that experience. And then at that point, it doesn't matter what the bedspread looks like. It doesn't matter, mm. you know, what the, the landscaping is out front because they are providing something for you that you have not gotten at any other stay in your life. A hundred percent. I mean, what makes you different and what can you be the best at? And I think it's something to put into practical uh, view here. We learn, we can never be the best baseball team in the world. All right. There's major league teams, there's right. AAA, there's all these other levels. We can never have the best food in the world. Believe me, there's right. the best chefs all over the world. We can never do that. But what we believe we can be the best at is entertainment and the fan experience. So we focus all in on that. I mean, the rally, we're, we're recording this interview at the stadium. We're looking out. It's a 1926 ballpark. It's not the nicest ballpark no, in the world. It's older. So why compete in that game? Right. We're not trying to make it be the shiniest yeah. or the nicest or have the best athletes. We're not trying to compete in that category because we're not going to compete. We're not We're not even close to the top there. 100%. We're creating a category. And so when people show up to our ballpark, you know, we're trying to think of what we do to make a great experience, but also how can we listen carefully to what's happened and respond creatively. And it brings up actually a fun story from this summer when we heard about a little leaguer that was playing in Virginia oh, yeah. and he quit his team and told the coach I don't want to play for this team I want to play for the Savannah Bananas yeah talk about a diehard fan so that was I mean I was blown away and again we're all talking about fans we're like all right this is amazing and we knew we could get him out to a game yeah. and so when he came out to a game our president jumped into action and said all right we're going to give him this VIP experience mm -hmm. we took him down to meet all the players in the clubhouse high five get pictures and we took him out on the line to stand during the national anthem yeah. as we were 
start in the game, and he wasn't a banana for the day. Oh, yeah. And, and again, it's like, you know, all right, we're not condoning quitting your teams. All right, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. But if you love the Savannah Bananas that much, we're going to make sure you have a great experience. Absolutely. And, and that's what's so cool. And I think we talk about fans as well. And, you know, we have guys that literally have got tattoos of our brand, our logo, on their arms and their body, which is nuts. You're talking about creating a fan. That's diehard. So is. let's hope the Savannah Bananas go strong for another 100-plus <laughs> years. But, uh, you know, those are the things we think about. And I, I think one good point here, when we talk about stories that you're creating, it's not for every fan. If we go back to the episode with Joey Coleman, who's become a good friend, I met him at a speaking conference back last fall in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Joey uh, gets it, and he's unbelievable. His book, Never Lose a Customer Again, is brilliant, and he has this whole principle of 100 days and how to make the first 100 days after someone buys from you amazing. And he lays it all out in, in his book, and he talks a lot about it in the episode. But one of the great lessons I learned from Joey is that it doesn't have to be every single customer. Right. You know, you, you can't, I mean, to, for us to handle 150,000 customers and do this unbelievable wow thing, it's not that. You know, Nordstrom, Disney, these great companies have built on these individual stories that have built the brand. Right. But I, I did, I said, Joey, well, can you give me any example of how anyone has, has done this for everyone? And he goes, oh yeah, well, there's, there's one company that hires the senior citizens to volunteer Remember, and they write a thank you letter. Stay-at-home moms. Stay-at-home moms, yeah. yeah. Stay-at-home moms and, and seniors, and they literally write thank you letters to every, every single, single customer. Yeah, it's like hundreds of thousands Hundreds, of yeah, hundreds right. a day. And, and that's what they hire, and, and it's perfect for them. And it's like, it is scalable. You just have to think creatively. Right. Well, I think you just have to start somewhere. 100%. So you start making some really you know, profound memories for certain people, and then you should be able to scale it. Yes. So you can see, I mean, we're obviously talking a lot about service. That's something we're passionate about. But, you know, we're passionate almost about big, big ideas and culture. And, you know, thinking about some other big idea episodes, Stefan Arstall and the five-hour workday, oh, wow. that's brilliant. You know, even if you don't put it into play 100%, and we've talked about it back and forth, but it's the idea of do your employees have to work the eight hours a day, nine hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever it is, how can you give back to them? And he's a great episode talking about culture. Two other outstanding ones about the culture, I think, are Arnie Malham, really from the beginning, yep. with uh, uh, company CJ Advertising. What he's doing is unbelievable. A lot of things, his book, Worth Doing Wrong, The Better Book Club, we've got that from him. And then the final one, which is more recent, Pish Patel with the Digital Tutors, another amazing episode about caring for your people. And he does some really cool things, like he gets everyone jerseys on his staff. He has office hours at the local pub so his people could come see him in a fun way, and it's not so crazy. And uh, he's done some amazing things and really cared about his people. So that was a few good episodes on culture to go back as well. So as you look back and recap a lot of these, I mean, I know you've already just mentioned a lot of stories, but... Are there any lessons that you saw across the board that, you know, you might have picked out from multiple people who are doing the same thing? Or is there anything that we've implemented that you didn't even know about before a podcast, certain podcast? You know, it's tough. I have to look back. There's nothing directly right now that comes to mind. But I think, you know, the one really lesson that kind of came throughout is is everyone, you know, to be you, be authentic, be real. And I think you saw that, you know, I, I asked the final four always and, you know, what makes you stand out? And it was really uh, many people said, hey, just be who you are. Don't try to be anyone else. And they said that's one of the biggest things that they happened, uh, they saw success with. As soon as they're trying to be like someone else, uh, as Denise Leon says, trying to, the me too, try to be a little bit better. That's when they start, you know, seeing downfalls in themselves, their happiness in their business. So, you know, what I appreciated was the honesty and the realness that I got from everyone. And it's made me, 
as this crazy guy in the yellow tuxedo. Be 100% with being this crazy guy in a yellow tuxedo. Right. And not try to be, uh, you know, all right, I need to be a little bit more like this person, a little yeah. bit more like this person. If you hear that same story and that same, you know, advice from all of these professional people, I, I think that's something that you should start believing in and mm. become more comfortable with yourself. If, if all of these guys who have done mm. it before and who have gone through it and maybe struggled to try to be like somebody else and then fallen back and realized, mm. no, I have to be me, then we should probably be me. We should probably <laughs> it sounds simple, stay unique. But right? stop comparing. It's, you know, this comparison trap I talk about. Everyone's trying to compare how many likes, how many followers, how much money does my business make. Don't worry about it. That's the same thing. I'll be, be who you can be. Don't try to be anyone else. Yeah. And I think that that's that was a key lesson that I learned. And I think the other one too is every single successful person we had on the show was adamant that you can't do it alone. You can't do it by yourself. And a great quote from Aaron Walker was, isolation is the enemy of excellence. And I, and I thought about that a lot and I realized times that I've been down, it's I've been feeling like I'm, I'm on my own mm -hmm. and I'm doing something by myself. Times that I'm up, I see our whole team rallying and we're, we're having huge success and we're recognizing each other. And I think, you know, a lot of people, I just obviously wrote a book this year, which can be a very uh, lonely place for yeah. a lot of authors because you're doing it by yourself. But when you realize that there's people behind you are supportive, um, I think that's a great lesson. And everyone I had on the show talked over and over about the team. Even these solopreneurs right. that are just writers or speakers, they have a team that helps them. Yeah. And and they understand their greatness, their success is because of their team. So you know, I, I challenge all entrepreneurs to recognize your team constantly, to understand that your success, your happiness is because of your team. And we talk about this at the office a lot. It's we over me. Mm -hmm. And People have challenges when they focus all on themselves. Yeah. And I've said it on numerous shows, but be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. How are you every day recognizing other people, being there for your team, and then your success will take care of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a strong a, lesson. Another reminder to connect with people. I can't even think of one job right now where you will never need to rely on somebody else. You're always going to need human connection. You're always going to need to rely on other people's strengths. So. Mm -hmm. Um, when you are in that lonely place, like I know the writing the book could be, mm. you know, it's probably the days where you're working with your editor or working with a copywriter where you feel more alive because you're bouncing ideas off of them. So um, if you do work in that industry where you're alone, you know, reach out and connect pe with people because I think it'll reinvigorate kind of your, your dreams. Mm. And I, it says, you know, you and I both run half marathons in the last few years. We've taken a year off to have a baby, which yeah. we understand. Sorry, I'm a little behind. <laughs> a little behind. We'll, we'll, we'll get there, but we've done a few. And you know, it was amazing us both doing that. And half marathon, I know people do marathons and ultra marathons. Yeah, but we're for, not there yet. We're not there yet. But for the 13.1 miles, that was definitely a, a journey for us, an adventure. And as much as I love doing it, it was a sad feeling crossing the finish line alone. Yeah. You know, we didn't run it together. No, you know, we, well, I was miles back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think about that in life. And no one wants to cross the finish line alone. Mm -hmm. And I've written about this, but how do you cross the finish line together? And, you know, I think in, in the future, you know, you want to celebrate your successes with others. Yeah. And so uh, maybe one time we'll be able to do a race and finish together and really feel Oof. like a part of it. That'll yeah. be a challenge. Pressure's on for me. <laughs> you run like a six-minute mile. So. <laughs> but, but I know. But it's, I think it's a good lesson to think about, you know, who are you crossing the finish line with in your business? Awesome. Um, any other lessons or things that you want to bring up? Or I actually want to go into a few more games. Well, I definitely want to do the final four. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you're not going to have me sing. You know, I had most of the guests yeah, sing and do impersonations, which was which was good. But you can see me sing here at the ballpark every night during the sing-off yes. up in the stands. Yes, we do uh, do that. But maybe any other 
last minute episodes that stood out that you want to mention or I, I, I mean you, you can see uh, as the the show kind of progressed over the year and you started a lot more game showing in the beginning and then I just started going deep because I was so curious and I think that's you know a, a lesson is the curiosity I challenged myself I got uncomfortable I've usually been the one answering the questions yeah and now I had to form to ask the questions and do research and I would challenge everyone to what are you doing that's uncomfortable to actually ask questions and be curious you know when we get into the final four I know we can ask what makes stand out and all those great yep. questions yep. but that's one of the things is I think my hunger and curiosity to continue to learn and that's what makes people get better is they're not just kind of going with the same things over and over again they're finding ways to get better and that's what this show was able to do I asked questions for people I was like that's brilliant every day I'd have an interview I'm like that makes sense yeah they would come back with something profound and I think that was something that you got really good at was becoming a better listener <laughs> and you know you might have struggled with that in, <laughs> in the past that'll be the nice way to say it but you put yourself in a position where you were no longer the person being interviewed you mm. turned the tables and started interviewing people and you started to learn how to sit back and let people go and let them open up and talk and, and you you really didn't just have a list of questions if i remember you you would let the conversation go where it led and, mm. and you would just dig deeper on something that they probably had never talked about before i remember multiple times guests saying wow, I've never talked about this on a podcast before. I've never sure shared that story. You know, sometimes they'd get emotional and say, I can't believe you got me to open up about that. And I think that that's a, you know, a testament to how well of a listener you have, have gotten. Mm. Well, I think that's, uh, you know, I asked a lot of the shows, you know, what are the best questions you're asking these days? You know, it's not about the answers. It's about the questions a lot. And I remember Dan Miller, who, great guy, amazing, 48 Days to the Work You Love, and wrote the foreword to my book. He said, you know, stop just asking, how are you doing? Ask, you know, what contribute, how would you rate your contribution in the world? What are yes. you doing to make the world a better place? And, you know, it's a deep question. But you think about that, the great questions get better answers. Mm -hmm. And how many times do we go out to a network event, it's like, oh, what do you do? What do you, you know, do? Yeah, uh, it's the first thing everybody says. It says, you know, let's ask more questions. Let's get deeper quicker. Sure. Because that's where the great conversations come. So I, I would say I'm going to keep trying to ask questions. And that's why going into future seasons and maybe, maybe new podcasts, the questions may get even deeper, even crazier. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I think we should probably go into the final four and challenge you with those. So we're going to go quick so that you don't think about it. Number one, uh, what makes you stand out? All right. I'm going to completely do this differently and okay. go the business done differently. So you're my wife. What makes me stand out? And then I'm answering for you. All right. Because this, this is fun. People don't know this. I'd love to see the opposite way. Oh my gosh, uh, what makes you stand out? I mean, I think the easy answer that people from the outside would say is the yellow tux. You are not afraid to go out in this ridiculous uh, get up every single day, which has become not a ridiculous get up, it's just what you do, it's who you are. You have gone so deep on believing in being different and spreading that, that gospel really to the world. Um, that that's kind of what makes you, you know, physically stand out. But I think the internal thing or something that I would know that maybe other people don't is, is really just your hunger and your drive. I mean, I can't tell you the number of books that you read, the number of podcasts that you read. I have never met somebody who wakes up at 4 a.m literally jumping out of bed so excited to go learn something or to go do something. I mean, your zest for life and your yearning for learning <laughs> uh, to rhyme. Nice. Um, so we have a baby at home, so there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of rhyming in my world now. But 
um, just your zest for life and, and how much you attack the world um, every day with your hunger and your drive to get better, to do better, to provide um, better for, for our staff and for our family is uncomparable. Wow. And so I think that's really how you stand out. Wasn't expecting that. That's amazing. Thank you. Now I'm going to go the other way with what makes you stand out. Okay. So all right, it is, we're going a completely different, to be the guest completely here. different <laughs> direction. And you know, anybody that has success, we talked about, they have someone by their side. And you know, when I look at you, what makes you stand out, I am crazy that I think about to be in a great spot, you got to focus on yourself and then you got to get everyone else good from there. If you get yourself in a great spot, everyone else will be taken care of. But for you, you will never put yourself first. And I think it's something that is unbelievably admirable. And anyone on our staff, anyone in your family would say, every day you're thinking about how can you sacrifice yourself but to make someone's life better and constantly reaching out and messages and thank you notes and calling and thinking about people. And I've learned to care in a whole different level because of you, and that's changed my life. And we're not just trying to give a love fest. Yes, we're married, we're three years strong. But again, <laughs> it's not just about standing out by being a yellow tux, being crazy. You can stand out by just caring more yeah. and putting others first. And that's what makes you different. And again, I think that's a great lesson for everyone else. You don't need to be this crazy thing. You don't need to be wild and thinking about different ideas, but can you just care more? Can you love more? Can you be there for someone more? And when I wrote my eulogy in the front of my book, mm -hmm. the second half was the aspirational to be like you. The first half was I want to be the showman and inspire people to challenge the status quo and be different. But the second half was to be there for anyone that I could in my life and be there for my, my wife, my kids, and my family, and my friends. And so, you know, I think that's something that I love about you. We're very lucky to have you, and so does our staff. So um, that is something that makes you stand out. See, we went in a different direction. Awesome, thank you. Okay, before we get too mushy, next one. Uh, best advice to stand out that you've received? You know, as, as far as, again, there was numerous, I asked this on every show, so there was numerous advice and I heard a lot of it about, you know, being real and being authentic and, and, and being who they are. But, you know, for me, the best advice to stand out is look at the world differently. Challenge the status quo. If something was a way it was before, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. so many people in business say, well, that's the way we've always been doing yeah, it. That's, that's like, always been done. that's like nails on the chalkboard. You know, we look at every single thing differently. And normal gets normal results. I, I've said that so many things, but whatever's normal do the exact, exact opposite. When you look at everything with a lens like that, it makes it easy to stand out. And that's how we look at everything from the way we send out merchandise to the way we uh, decide on events we're gonna do to the way we entertain our fans of the ball game and have dancing players and all the other things. I say this always, but better isn't different, only is different. And if you wanna stand out, what can you be the only one doing? And so I think it's just this reframing the lens is the best advice I could tell someone to stand out. Okay, awesome. Um, the third question was uh, the best advice you've ever received. Yes. And I've been asked this question a lot, and obviously I can't answer it the normal way and just say it's like, do this and do that. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the best advice anyone receives is either by a story or by seeing someone do something. It's yeah. not just by telling someone this is what to do. And it comes from my father, and for many, People know my father and I are extremely close. My parents got divorced when I was younger and my father was fortunate to take me in and uh, I lived with him and grew up with him. And it was five years ago that I received the call. We were just getting to know each other at that point or in the early in our, no, it was early in the relationship. We've been together for a few years. All right, I'm, I'm way sidetracked now in our time. <laughs> right, I'm working on my listening. But uh, 
it, we got a phone call going to the ballpark that my father had cancer and it was pretty serious and it wasn't just one form of cancer it was two forms and he had non-hodgkin's lymphoma and a tumor uh i think it was the size of like a pear, a pear. yeah mm -hmm. and right outside of his liver and it was serious and so he immediately had to go to the hospital and for over a year he battled it he mm -hmm. battled it and i remember every day you know we were talking and i'd say dad how are you doing he goes yes i'm good i'm good and a lot of times yes i'm great i'm great every single day he had this positive mindset and one day he said i was i he was okay and I realized from my stepmother at that point, he got the, you know, the stem cell and it was just, really it was bad as, bad as, as bad as it gets. And that whole time, the positivity that I saw from my dad is he's getting beat up by the chemotherapy and battling cancer. To say there's better advice in the world than just seeing how your father reacts to something that's extremely challenging. And to say that advice to be very simple is that, you know, he used to always tell me, you know, Jesse, everything's, you don't need to worry about things. They're always just a blip on the radar. He treated cancer as a blip on the radar. Yeah. And that's inspired me to have a positive outlook that whenever you think something's going wrong, it's not that bad and yep. to move on. And I think so if I can give advice to anyone from my dad, it's just think about everything as it's not that big a deal. Stay positive, have that outlook in life and it changes everything. Awesome. All right, last one. How do you want to be remembered? <laughs> you know, this is a tough question that I actually I asked at every single show, how do you want to be remembered? And not a lot of people think about that, but you know, again, I started my book with my eulogy, I think uh, about legacy often. And again, I'm only 34 years old as we're recording this, but you know, what else matters as far as the difference that you're making in people's lives and how you are remembered? And it was funny, a few of the guests said, I just want to be remembered, yeah. which, I, which I thought was really funny, but you know, I wrote in my eulogy how I want to be remembered and how I want to inspire people and how I want them to challenge the way things are and, and be there for their family. But, you know, I really just think when it comes down to it, did you make a difference in people's lives? Did you make an impact? Were you there for people? And did you make them happier? And that's what I try to do and that's what I try to live up to. And that's why my eulogy is. It's just a way to try to live up to something and who I want to be. So that's how I want to be remembered. And I'm going to finish this just like I always come back on you. This is tough. How do you want to be remembered? Oh, man. Um, you weren't expecting that. No, I wasn't. And I think this is a hard topic for people to talk about. Nobody's comfortable talking about death or being remembered and, you know, looking back. So I think it's, it's kind of a hard topic for anybody. And, you know, postpartum hem uh, hormones, <laughs> I'm <laughs> emotional to just thinking about you. I wasn't thinking about me, but... You know, I guess same as you. I just I want to make sure that we we leave the world a better place. As cheesy as that sounds, and um, our relatives and and those after us, that we leave them with kind of the the hope and inspiration. Leave them in a good spot with um, just positivity. You know, I just I don't want to bring anybody down or, or make anything negative. I just want to make sure that I leave it better than I found it. Mm. So I love it. I love it. Well, that is the final episode of season one here, Business Done Differently. We hope we were able to inspire you, get you to think at business and your life differently. And remember, think about what stories are you creating every day. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.